Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is November 4th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm uh, I'm doing good. You know, the month started off on the wrong foot. We didn't record on a first, so I'm just thrown off generally in November. We're, like, we haven't recorded on a first in many months now. This 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 little trend that lasted like two months in a row that it you was like are four, holding on four to. Or five. For- Dear life is just ridiculous. So, full disclosure: we were recording Tuesday before noon Eastern time here. Uh, apparently, there's an election happening, occurring. We don't know any results. We are just allegedly. We will not be reporting on results. I know. Uh, I know. I said Wednesday, no, November fourth, but we are, you know, of course, recording in the future here. That that's we're sticking to protocols when it comes to the intro, but. Full disclosure, elections ongoing. We have no results. Hopefully this is up Tuesday. Maybe it's a some sort of diversion for away from the, all that stuff. But uh, hey, I was looking at different like polls. You're like, should we do some sort of poll tie-in? And like, uh, you know, last uh, election day, 2018, we did like our fake cabinets, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or like fake voter, you know, health and human services would be Jason Day and things like that. What was it like? Department of Defense was a PXG guy, I assume. Stuff yeah. like that. But we couldn't come up with any great tie-ins for this election day. So I was looking at like those old player polls. Kind of unbelievable. So the biggest one, the most infamous one was Ricky's most overrated player, right? Came out oh, yeah. in SI the week he won the Players' Championship. Sort of like an ill-timed poll. Basically. It's like one of these projection guys who gets paid a lot of money. And then has the absolute wrong thing. Came out the week, of course. He wins the gold standard. I don't know that it was known as the gold standard then. It was probably some other marketing PR phrase. Fifth major, maybe, then. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that was just like all the talk. Everybody got their headlines. Do you remember the results from that? By the way, golf.com just like lost all their archives. When they switched over from SI, there's like all these just dead pages, dead links, so much... Uh, great material and content. I don't know what happened there at transition. I can't find all these links are just gone. They they've eradicated so much. Do you remember who was part of that poll? So Ricky was tied for first. This was 2015 as most overrated. Do you know who else who tied with him? Got a lot less of the buzz given that he didn't win that week. Hmm. Who tied with him? Would it be most to- overrated? 2015. Yes, spring 2015. So it's got to be somebody, you know, pretty well known. Could it be Louis Oosthuizen? Very vocal. No, but good good guess going international is Ian Poulter and Ricky were tied as most overrated. I guess Poulter... Well, it's because he hadn't won ever. (laughs) Yeah, he got a lot of pub. You know, he's tweeting about his Ferraris and just tweeting about a lot of things. He was well known. Maybe that was some of the backlash. Getting guys fired from jobs. Yeah. Bubba Watson was third, had won two Masters at that point, which is kind of interesting. Maybe it was because he hadn't done it anywhere else. Uh, you know, he had his sort of happy hunting grounds, Augusta, Riviera, wherever else. Hunter Mahan. We lived in a world not too long ago where Hunter Mahan was considered overrated, I guess. Probably right quickly. there. Well, it was on the, yeah. Were they right about Ricky, though? 24% of the vote. Were they right about Ricky? He just had a quick comeback that week. I mean, I think we've kind of come back around to him being one of the most overrated players. Maybe they weren't right in the moment, but uh, it wasn't the worst line of thinking is all I'll say. Some of these other polls are just 70%. I wanted the anchor ban of the players. Thought it was great. You got an anchor. You got a ban. But of course, you ask them about rollback. You ask them about making punishments public. They're like, why? We've got the public's trust. 
Don't make any punishments public. Just looking at some of these results is kind of very amusing from past years, how things change and evolve and being all for, for limiting, you know, anchoring, limiting certain innovations or changes in the game and then not others. But all right. Happy election day to everybody. Let's get on with it. I hear, let, let's start with the master's fact of the day. The master's I guess we could talk approach. about who, who should be the new president of the USGA or CEO, not president, CEO. Yeah. If you were going to elect the CEO of the USGA, who would you elect? Well, I don't know. I, I didn't have this. I think it's it's probably likely going to be a woman. Maybe, well, I don't know. I have no intel on that. I mean, it seems like it should be a woman. Maybe person of color might be good. You know, there I, I might be a good way to go if if you're asking me. I, I don't know how that works though. Is that an election or is that like a like electing a new pope type deal? I think it's a, a hired uh, job is hired. Okay, okay, that's a good gig, by the way. I know you catch a lot of crap, and Mike Davis got worn down by it, but you know, go play a lot of great golf. And would you take the job? <laughs> if asked, I would serve for whatever two million dollars a year, whatever. <laughs> if asked, I would serve. Yes, would you? You'd have to shut down the shotgun start. <laughs> I think we could find a way to thread that needle. Keep the podcast going three days a week. There would be no conflict there that I could see. Would you? Would you do it? I wouldn't do it. You know, I I would get in too many fights. I wouldn't want to have to, like, be, you know, I wouldn't want to play nice to, you know, keep the kid gloves on with, with, with Monaghan Equipment? and the tour and... And, oh, uh, and uh, you know, I'd have to be way true. too diplomatic with the with the equipment companies, and it'd be like when like Sopranos, when Sopranos, when like Carmine, the older Carmine, passed away, yeah. and then all of a sudden there's a lot of tension, and, and Phil, no more the era. Phil Leotardo goes nuts. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that's basically how it'd be. USJ when it gets overtaken by a wild card Andy Johnson you're starting wars all over the place we'd be oh. ripping off a lot of band-aids I'll tell you that much <laughs> <laughs> pretty good okay <laughs> all right well uh masters is fast fact fast approaching let's start with masters fact of the day we, we'll get into schedule for the week here in a minute but let's do masters fact of the day wow. we have one from Bama, Bama Bearcat but you said you had your own you wanted to go into yeah, I got a little a little tip. A little tip might be something that makes this year's Masters a little bit different. Hearing okay. that the Augusta National members will not be wearing their green coats around Augusta this year. What? Wow. Why would that wait, what? So yeah, they you know, they typically like, you know, the members wear sure. their green coats around the grounds, you know, and uh this year with no fans. They don't want to stick out like sore thumbs, I guess. Well, don't they stick out like sore thumbs because they're walking amongst the fans with these green jackets? What? 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 Don't they stick out more in that instance? Well, I think I imagine with 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 no fans to obscure them on television, you know, it, it it'll uh, you know remove their anim- anonymity. Um, okay. So you know, part of it is you know protecting you know their membership from everybody knowing exactly who's members and what they do oh, there. I see. But, uh, okay. but yeah, they're more visible on camera. And then all of a sudden you're starting to rack up. Who's the, me- Oh, that's so-and-so CEO of that place. Mm-hmm. in His green jacket confirmed a member. Cause there's a broader lens without, I see. Now the origin of that obviously is they wear their green jackets. You know, that started in like the thirties and the club was founded because they were there as sort of like, you know, stewards and ushers. Like if people had questions, they were supposed to stick out. If you have a question on where to go or what to, what, you know, you go up to the like, person in the green jacket. Like a movie theater. They wear their red jackets there. I'm sure they love that comparison. I'm looking it up right now. This is via Augusta Chronicle. Um, yeah, it was, what, where is it? The green jacket began in 1937 they were purchased from New York's Brooks Uniform Company. The idea was that Masters patrons could easily see the members who would have, have accurate information. Now, this year, they don't want to be easily seen, apparently. No green jackets. This sounds like catnip for aggregation station, yeah, if I do say so. I'm sure it'll be, uh, it'll be unsighted aggregation, the, the, we'll the best see. type see of aggregation. It, 
See if it comes to fruition. That seems so anathema or just at odds with everything we know about the place in the tournament. Think right? about I mean, this think about tradition. This. In twenty years, this is going to be one of Bama Bearcats' staple Augusta fa- uh, Masters That's fact of the true. day. Is that we're going to get so many coming out of this one, right? Yeah, all the the Augusta National members have worn green jackets in every year except for twenty twenty. When it was a fall Masters and no fans due to pandemic. That's that's going to be Bama Bearcats Masters fact of the day 30 that's years from good. now. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. The jackets have been stitched at Hamilton Tailoring outside Cincinnati. And according to numerous reports, it takes roughly a month to produce each three button. That's interesting. I can't wait to see it. A lot of different things going on with this Masters. I was rifling through the patron shop yesterday, speaking of catnip. You know, get that $150 platter of food sent over. You know, a lot of people are, are interested in that, apparently. So it's all very different, very that, unusual. Uh, that what? platter that platter was catnip yesterday. Speaking of catnip. Oh, of course. You know, I got the email. It's like, validate, you know, go into the page. I was like, oh, well, this is going to be all over my time. I didn't have time to open it or look into it further. I was like, I'll see it on Twitter in, you know, five minutes. And lo and behold, there it was. So, leaning into the Christmas theme this year on the Masters Patron Shop. Of course, no one can buy it. That's all. The catnip is all promoted as like, you won't believe how you can purchase. Well, no one can purchase it. You have to have a ticket. It's not like just open to the world that everybody can can buy this stuff. It's very limited. It's, you know, the best they can do to approximate the, you know, in-person experience. So, it's not just... Every yo-yo, to use your term, ordering $150 platters of pimento cheese and whatnot. So, all right. Good master. What do you think about pimento cheese? Overrated, underrated? I mean, it's overrated. If you're asking me to choose, I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's, you know, repulsive or inedible, but it's a little overrated. I, if it's real spicy, if you can get a really kick, I don't mind it. I eat it at Augusta just because I feel like, you know, obligated to have one. Um, but it's it's all right. It's fine. What about you? Um, I it's fine. My wife's a big pimento cheese fan. She like loves pimento cheese. I'm I'm it's fine. I'm, I I'd How say it's overrated. It? She loves dip with crackers. Crackers, yeah. I don't like the white bread getting all soggy. This is such a cliche conversation we're having. Hey, let's, I'm going to move the subject to Texas. Yes, yeah. All right. Is Texas, do you like Texas barbecue or Carolina barbecue more? Uh, why are we talking about this? Well, I just thought it would be a food segue since we're talking about food. Oh, Houston? Yeah. Uh, does Texas do barbecue? I haven't heard them yeah. claim that or mention that before. They do barbecue. I've okay. heard, it's alleged, allegedly. I like probably Texas if forced to choose. I don't know. We had a ton here on Halloween. Well, little independent outfit called Mission Barbecue. Um, what do you choose? What do you like? I think, yeah, I'd probably go Texas. I think if I had to choose between like a like a pulled pork or you know baby back ribs or versus uh, versus um, brisket brisket, I'm taking brisket. Yeah. I think brisket's always the the champ, the pinnacle. Yeah, I think that's the pinnacle. If you're asking me, all the other stuff's good. We're gonna not get, hating on that. We're but gonna get people really. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. This is the most <laughs> cliche internet discussion. Do you like pimento cheese? Do you like barbecue? This but you did like, not ask. Do you like barbecue? Said which one would you pick? What's better? Same difference. Whatever. Okay. Hey, by the way, fantastic master's fact of the day. I like that tip. We'll see. We'll see how it how it uh It might not be true. It could be like my marker gate last year. <laughs> marker gate. <laughs> That's right. So. Okay. Uh let's get to our schedule for the week. We have, as the A4 mentioned, Houston, known for its barbecue. And golf, apparently, too. Schedule for the week, the Houston Open. I believe it's now sponsored by Vivent. I am not familiar with what they do. I looked it's it good up. That they got a I was going to, well, if you had to guess, what would you think Vivent does? Vivent? Yeah. Some sort of telecom of some sort, or I don't know. What is it? It, it looks like it's a smart home company. 
Yeah, that does fit. <laughs> smart home. Like home bulbs, security, bulbs home security, doorbell cameras, you know, in a smart home. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's actually kind of a a good sponsor for I'm sure they could be the come the home the home smart home official home smartphone or home official smart home sponsor of the PGA tour. Oh yeah, they'll figure out a way to <laughs> they could draw up a press release and a deal for that and by the end of the week, I'm sure. How how the event secures the PGA tours home and two hundred and eighty million Beecher. dollar HQ or whatever it costs that they're building. Oh God, I forgot about that. Isn't I it a billion? Is Isn't how how much is that thing? That thing costs an absurd amount of money. They've got some renowned architect, right? And then there's all these different technological elements where you can see through to different things. As I mean, I'm sure it's a trend that'll be, you know, out the window. An architectural trend that'll be out the door, you know, out of trend in five years, and they got to bring someone in to do a remodel and. Do, updated on the latest trends i i don't know but yeah i forgot about that where is that in the progress of of that thing we should go down there and check on it maybe do some digging hiding in the palm trees and bushes figure out where where the uh you don't think they would, you don't think they'd give us first look no is it really a billion dollars i can't remember the exact number it's something just ridiculous and What's going to happen to the cafeteria that they got? The old one, the smoothies, and everybody getting free web guys and Latino American guys. I'm guessing they lunch. had to make it bigger so that so that the VJ the, the tour the tour players didn't overrun the staff. You know, the <laughs> tour VJ. guys just sitting out the hot summer uh, summer day. Uh, it's, you know, I'm going to go hang out in the cafeteria from eleven <laughs> till three. You know, let let the let the hot part of the day pass and go back out and Pretty practice good. some more. Pretty good. So the event, Houston Open, this is, where's, what's the venue name again? Memorial Park? Is Memorial that, Park. Is that, yeah. Okay. Give us a two sec. You know, PGA Tour in a dramatic pivot. They're talking about, I saw some digital or social media video. What was it? Tom Doak restored this or uh, built this as a place not to worry about par, right? Was that the, that's not the exact language, like, but more to have fun and engage the golfer. It's like, wow, that's a very change of tone from the, I'm used to. Ironic tour. that even an, an organization would say something about, you know, par being irrelevant, somewhat irrelevant <laughs> when you based your whole brand marketing strategy around the term. <laughs> <laughs> Live under par, RIP. So. RIP is right. So, but, uh, yes, what do you want to, you know, the, it's a cool story, I think in general, um, you know, the Houston Astros and, uh, you know, while they might've cheated at baseball and, you know, that, that allegedly, no, not allegedly (laughs) confirmed, guilty, adjudicated, put behind bars. That's all that's done and settled. So while, the, while they cheated at baseball, they did do the city of Houston a great service. And they, you know, basically transformed their their tired muni. You know, it was it was one of the most successful munis in the terms of what a muni should be judged on. It provided affordable golf that a lot of people enjoyed and, you know, got around. And they went out and hired one of the three best architects in the world. You know, one mm-hmm. argue some people would argue one of the greatest architects ever um, to come redesign their golf course, and uh, yep. with the mind of bringing the Houston Open back into Houston and, and enticing you know the tour to come back. And so, one of the other big aspects of this is you know there's a lot of flood mediation considered, and how could this golf course take on water? So stuff like her, when Hurricane Harvey hit mm-hmm. it could be something that helped the city while it would be a minor minor tiny help the the golf course also now provides environmental you know help to a city prone to flooding so the uh it's just a cool um did they they add a lot of catch catch basins for that tom doke to remediate the the water and the flooding just everywhere all over the course is that surprisingly no they they use the, <laughs> sure. they use this uh wonderful thing called surface drainage where Land. <laughs> yeah. yeah you you know that's the way the world's drained for you know forever is surface uh, drainage so 
okay. I'm sure okay. there are some catch basins out there, but uh, for the most part, I you know I know there's a big ravine scape. I wish I had gotten to go down there. I was planning to go down there um, yep. to see it before this event, but obviously COVID, uh, you know, really limited travel. Impact. So, um, but I talked to Tom for hours about this subject we have numerous podcasts uh on the friday feed about the course uh it should be really fun and i think you know the closing stretch of five holes are all like short par three short there's short par four in there there's uh reachable par fives and you know with water and you know it should be exciting you know like one of the things that his hands were tied tom builds some of the most you know really bold greens. I wouldn't say it may not bold, but you know, intricate and interesting greens in my, and interesting is obviously very subjective term. It's their greens mm-hmm. that I like. Cause I think they, you know, provide a lot of variety. The tour obviously does not like slope. So the, their hands were a little bit tied on pinnable areas where, you know, the tour deemed a pinnable area. You can't have a slope greater than 1.5%. So wait, so, was this work done in conjunction with the tour, not so, just the city of Houston, or there was all kind of multiple parties involved? When your golf course hosts a tour event, the tour likes to be included when you decide to do things. Okay. So they had already committed, the tour had committed to come into this place subject to work done. And then there were conditions on that work. And that's where, you know, they will say, Hey, we, we don't want, we want this green softened or we want, you know, the fair police come out. (laughs) Sure. Now, uh, as you mentioned, you've talked with uh, Tom Doak a lot about this and th- this specific project. The Yoke with Doak, I, I think, is the so- is the name of the the series. Yeah, Excellent if you search series. Yoke with Doak Memorial Park, we have like a whole episode about it. And he worked with Brooks Kepka on it. And uh, well, that was where I was going. What's the, do you have, you have a synopsis on that uh, process of working with Brooksy a little bit? So this. yeah, Tom was like really shocked at like how you know Brooks he said was like extremely intelligent when it came to design. And basically he just talked about things that bothered him and don't bother him. So one thing that was big was bunkers. There are very few bunkers out there. So uh, one of the, one of the big challenges of the whole project was designing a golf course that sees 60,000 rounds a year from regular golfers. But then you want to host a tour event one week a year. So Brooks talked about like, Hey, you know, something that really gives me struggles around the green aren't bunkers. Like I'm rooting for the ball to get, go into bunkers. It's uneven lies and, and different, you know, shots around the green that from contour. So you aren't going to see a lot of bunkers. I think there's, there's a, I, I can't remember the exact number Tom said, but I mean, I think it's like in the twenties, the number of bunkers on the golf course. Um, you're going to see the 15 handicap would not prefer not to be trying to hack it out of the bunkers, you know, for uh, 10 minutes. Exactly. Well, exactly. It's like, you know, the, the bunker now for, especially for tour pros, it's, it's the same sand week in, week out. Like it's, it's the right. most predictable place you can be, you know, and they right. love predictability with the exception of when you get like a buried lie, but you know, with, uh, with shots or, so that was a big thing, uh, And then he also talked about like uneven lies in fairways and angles, uh, you know, the way your greens are angled, um, Mm -hmm. you know, smaller targets from uneven lies, whether they're like tiers or shelves, you know, were a big part of it. So it, 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 Tom talked, I, it was really interesting because like, I think I talked to Tom like uh, maybe a couple days after he first talked to Brooks and he was like shocked at, you know, how much he understood you know, he said he was like, you know, he had really good ideas. So I think, you know, somebody uh, somebody said to me, like, they kind of, their personalities are a bit of a match, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. <laughs> Little, it can be misanthropes at time or loners. And the, yeah, yeah. It's certainly brusque, right? Kind of give it to you straight. Yeah. They, yeah. Give, that, they, don't, they don't sugarcoat stuff. They tell you right. what they're thinking. Right. Um, right. You know, that can be misconstrued a lot of times. Right. It can rub people right. the wrong way. But at the end of the day, 
both of them are pretty authentic people. Um, yep. From what I, you know, I've never met Brooks, but you know, Tom, Tom couldn't be a nicer guy and more like you know, like very genuine guy. But he gets a bad rap from a lot of people. But it, he just he doesn't suffer fools. Yeah, misanthrope was not the right word. I should say brusque was what I was looking for. All right, last one on the course, just real quick, because I wanted to say this at the start. So they're they're doing away with par doesn't matter, live under par. Is it going to be you anticipate quite low scores from the best in the world this week? Yeah, is it seven thousand yards? It's going to be pretty wide. I it, okay. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. I think it, again, it's going to be a golf course we said it the last three weeks where a lot of styles of players like. Distance isn't necessary. Distance is obviously a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage everywhere, but it's not necessarily like a prerequisite here. Like you, yep. you can be a short hitter and compete when it's seven thousand yards. And in a short hitter today is a guy that hits at two ninety five. You know, so seven thousand yards. Like I always have thought about like mid amp length. Like I always liked seven thousand yards was kind of my number, and I'd be at the very bottom of of tour driving. Like that was a course I'm comfortable playing. When you get up to like 74, that's where I would be, you know, hitting long irons a ton. And uh, and this, so this golf course, we should see a really good variety of players. I don't know what the weather's been like down there. I haven't been tracking it, but uh, if it's if it's dry, it'd be fun. Um, I you know yeah. we'll see. But yeah. you know it should be it, it it'll be different and and really cool when. More than a limited amount of fans are allowed in because it's golf in the city, and and I think that's a, uh, a whole aspect of it, you know. And playing yep. playing a tour event at a golf course that costs locals thirty eight dollars is really neat, you know. Yes, yes, should see more of that on on tour as opposed to maybe, you know, Liberty National or something like that. Uh, okay. Let's get to field notes here. Uh, we've done a thank you for your service on the lengthy and extended field uh, course discussion. Sorry, I think, that I, people, I think that is, well, no, I think that's sort of the star of the show this week. I think there's a real fascination and curiosity around how this municipal project will go. And and I think it's a little refreshing to see it out of Umble. No, no offense to Umble and, you know, that, that, that traditional stop, but it's cool to see a change in venue and one with this civic aspect to it. I think that is quite honestly the star of the show this week. Um, let's get to some field notes, but first let's do an ad rate for Ruckett. Cause I think uh, field notes will start and begin with Dustin Johnson, who hopefully has been in isolation in the rocket net at home. Maybe he's on his party boat. Maybe, maybe he set up a chipper on the party boat. Yeah. The, the seven, what was it? The seven, what was, how was it described? I guess it's just a seven day, floating party or 24 hours seven days a week floating party michael jordan's old yacht maybe he's got the drucket chippers working on his chipping on the on the the party boat in isolation so but he's returned he's been in the rocket net maybe he went to rocket.com maybe he used the promo code sgs15 i have no I, I don't know i have no i'm just guessing um sgs15 gets you 15 percent off orders of a hundred dollars or more the, the cold weather is coming uh, courses are limited, space is limited, daylight is limited. Uh, but I've had the net up in my backyard. I've got these kind of stadium lights I can flip on, kind of wail away at night. Maybe have a fire going, a beer going. It's quite quite an enjoyable setup. But uh, SGS 15, 15% off on orders $100 or more. And uh, that's, my, that's my guy that has hopefully been in the rocket net. We haven't seen him since... I'm not sure. When was the last time we saw him? He bailed on Vegas and Sherwood. And it's been a lot a long time. He's the favorite this week. He's I think he's seven to one favorite at Houston Open. I think he's still number one in the world. So but but it, it's good he's to hanging see him. on by a thread over Rahm and the number one in the world. That's right. Um, it's good to see him return. US Open was the last time we saw him. Okay. That sounds about right then. It's been, you know, over a month, well over a month. Yeah, so. we, last time we saw him was the U.S. Open T6. He finished T3rd at the Tour Championship, obviously. Second at One BMW. T3rd. <laughs> Come on, on the shadow board. Let's, you just gloss over that. I like that. You, your misdirection there. I mean, it's it's appropriate direction, but listen, he did win the Tour Championship. Listen to, to this run he was on before, you know, he, he, the COVID test. T2 uh-huh. at PGA, win at Northern, Trust, second at BMW, T3 at Tour Championship, T6 at the U.S. Open. You must be looking at OWGR.com if you're getting that T3. 
All right. That's, no, he was on that's, a run. That's so. my leaderboard. All right. <laughs> I so I think that that's sort of along with the course story to see where DJ's at after being away for six weeks or whatever it was. I got a couple other people that could use a rocket net. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Daniel Berger. I figure he needs oh, to get, he... he needs to get practicing so he can get into next year's masters. He's in. He's not in right? this year's. You know, but he's he, in next year. If he year. plays a little better, if you get that ranking up a little bit, he'd be in. You know, you'd, he, I think he's in for winning. Thirteenth ranked player in the world, not in this year's Masters. Figure he's in next year though for winning Colonial. Better he's luck next be. year. Go go work in the rocket net. <laughs> you think that's a approximate experience to be on the the championship? Uh, Teen ground or practice area. It's not called driving range there, but setting up his rocket net on his dock. He can just pretend he's. <laughs> he can he's set at it up on his boat too. He likes to spend time on his boat. They <laughs> they're does. probably neighbors. They might they could probably you know share a net or something. <laughs> uh yeah. So that's a good that's a good nominee. I, was, I didn't realize he was playing this week. You know, I, Sungjae could be. I know he was our nominee for like who uh-huh, needs to hit uh-huh. the rocket net. But he could like yep. he could really use a rocket net since he he's always on the road. He never knows what the you know the hotel from stop to stop is going to provide. I'm sure there's some sure. green space outside all the hotels he could set it up in. Just keep it in his car. There you go. There you go. They another, fold another... up really small, so you could just he could just they drive do. around with it. They do. They are. That is my number one uh, selling point. You know. Is that as a dad, I don't want to have to take, I don't have to get out tools. I don't want to be fighting with it, battling with it in my backyard. If I can break it down in two minutes and throw it in a giant ass duffel bag, that's in terms of practice netting, home at home driving range. That's why I love it the most. All right, moving on. Rucket.com SGS 15. Other field notes. Brooksy, where are you at right now with Brooksy? Now, he, he's not played particularly well since coming back from injury. He has you know, uh, played well at the Masters last year, although I think we kind of give him a free pass for a bit of a stumble down the stretch and ignore it, um, sort of crumbling in the face of Tiger. Uh, where are you at with Brooksy? How's your confidence level? High, low, doesn't matter, don't care, I don't want to answer this question type thing, but do you need to see anything from him this week? I think it'd be nice to see him round into form. We He usually plays weeks before majors, and we usually see him play very well weeks before majors without winning. Right. So right. it would be nice to see him at least get in the mix. You know, we haven't seen him really in the mix. He played well at St. FedEx, St. Jude, but you know, like that was a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the mix was the PGA. That was the last time we saw him in the mix and it, it was obviously mm-hmm. a bad in the mix. I would like to see him, yeah, have some sort of competitive week and not just be a middling T54 or whatever it's been. That would give me real pause going into Masters. I know he plays majors differently than everyone and shows up at the uh, the majors differently. You know, it's a different calculation for him, but... Uh, I would have a lot of pause if he had another middling week in Houston. I'd, and I'd be okay if it if, if it's a middling week, but he does things like hit the ball really well. Like if he hits the ball really well and he just has a, not a good week on and around the greens, it's like, okay, like that's something that you could see, okay, he tightens that up and he's there, you know? Yep, but, yep. A couple other field notes. Westy returns westy coming to america he's back in the field uh he is listed as a notable can you guess what lee westwood who eh, how do i want to put this to you to get you the most angry what are lee westwood's odds to win the houston open would you guess 100 to 1 okay not bad 80 to 1 that's pretty good would you would you suspect native Texan Jordan Spieth has better or worse odds better to win the Houston. <laughs> That's correct. That's terrible. He is, he's 50 to 1 alongside Brian Harmon, Corey Connors, Mr. CT, Doc Redman, whereas Lee Westy, Westwood, and, and we're not a gambling. We we don't know anything about this. Westwood is 80 to 1. Westy's played well, right? 
Or has he received fallen off a little bit as of late? He's fine. He's playing. I mean, he's got a better chance to win than Jordan Spieth. Is that accurate statement? I mean, one would think so. He's significantly higher in the world rankings. He's 46 <laughs> to Spieth, you know, whatever. Spieth is 78. I mean, you Spieth, might take comf- Go ahead. Spieth's in jeopardy of, like, not being exempt into majors if it wasn't for his like once his Burkdale win runs out I know I know you might take comfort in the fact Westy does have lower odds than Phil Mickelson so there is that at least uh, I thought so. they would wait that champ that champion tour wins free <laughs> bring that <laughs> those odds energy. who's your one and done pick oh god I didn't even look it up I've oh I mean I've got a ton of shit I've got a ton of guys left Maybe I'll go with uh is Jim Herman in the field? Maybe I'll go with Hermie. I I ah man, I forgot to look this up. Who's yours? Let me try and find a guy. I of uh, course don't have a mic stand, so I just type with one hand trying to look this up. You know, I'm going to take your favorite golfer. I'm going to take Sergio Garcia. He's been playing well. Interesting. Why? I mean, he's playing well. He's playing tennis. He's doing the doubles tennis. We never looked up what happened there, by the way. Um, maybe I'll go with I'll go with Doc Redman. How about that? Playing well, kind of booted it a little bit on the weekend at Bermuda, but I'll go with Doc Redman, praying that I haven't already taken him. I hope. I hope. Okay. Uh, you have anything else on Houston? We've done a lot on Houston. No, nothing Houston, else. I should say. Okay. On the European tour, the Aphrodite Hills cypress showdown so this is the second leg of the cypress swing are you familiar with the format this week no 105 players compete for 36 holes they cut it down to 32 for saturday's round and scores reset everybody zeroes out so you could play your ass off for 36 holes doesn't matter you just get into the round of 32 scores reset on saturday then they go from 32 to 16 for Sunday with scores reset again. So we'll go 105 to 32 to 16 with scores resetting three times uh, or twice, I should say. What do you make of that? It's crazy. I mean, you could potentially I, be leading the tournament and not not make the final day. Right. As someone often critical of the Net Tour Championship... Are they giving OWGR points for this? (laughs) That's a good question. We should look. The OWGR board, I think, is generally more benevolent to the European tour. They like to put the PGA tour through the Reiner, if I'm not mistaken. They're giving points. I mean, they gave it for the Belgian knockout, I think, which had a similar sort of goofy, goofy goofy setup. But, I mean, you could take the least amount of strokes from Thursday to Sunday night by a good margin and lose by... Three, four shots, depending on some guy going crazy on Sunday. Right? I'm here for the guy that makes it just on the number, just on the number, and then wins. <laughs> I know. I do kind of like you the limited, like... You know who would love like, this, uh, this, uh, this format? Who's that? Streelman. <laughs> That's a good point. He'd have like 10 wins. <laughs> The Sunday Streels effect. That's a good point. It's kind of nuts. I mean, the field is not exceptionally deep. I was looking at tee times. Callum Shinkwin is back to defend. Shub Sharma. There's an individual in the first... Yeah, he's up there. There's an individual in the first tee time out named Toby Tree, which I just think is a great name. I'm not familiar with Toby Tree. Does he spell Toby with an I? No, Toby with the Y. He appears to be an Englishman ranked somewhere in the 400s in the world. That's an incredible name. I love that name. He's on the all name team. He's probably Gary Player's favorite player, Toby Tree. He's 627th in the world. Best position ever was a 447. So he's working his way up there. Big shot Bob's in the field. Uh, Not be confused with Robert Ory, but Bob McIntyre is that, who we refer to as Big Shot Bob. Okay, we got what else? It's it's a limited field. We got uh, Mr. I, Sammy Mal- Valamaki. 
Mr. <laughs> That's his new nickname. I like that one. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's again, not, nobody that's in the Masters field is playing the Cypress Showdown, but it's a fun little event. I kind of like the real limited universe of 16 guys to follow on Sunday. I guess it could become a snoozer if, if one guy starts running away with it, but I, I like being concentrated on only 16 guys. Most Hopefully they'll be able to get every shot or every player could be, you know, quickly featured if need be. Some networks might struggle with that. Others might not. But uh, I do like the limited universe of watching just 16 players. You're kind of screwed, though, if, you know, you get big names like Toby Tree and Shinkwin knocked out before Sunday. So, uh, you, know, you know who he, he's ranked ahead of that's in the field, Toby Tree and the OWGR? <laughs> the Battleship. That's <laughs> He's probably, he's hurt by not enough events at DLF recently. You think he sailed into Cyprus, crossed the Mediterranean, and I, I don't know if the battleship battleships really sail, but they more it's more chug kind of. I'd like to see the... one day the battleship and Scrivener come down the stretch. <laughs> Maybe Johannes Veerman too. Well, get him so, involved. The ferryman. The ferryman and the pirate. Um, El, El Parata. Yeah. Adrian Otago. That would be it phenomenal. That would be, that's a dream tournament right there. An they, entire nautical theme. It'd be, it'd be great if just Cozia was in it, too. <laughs> Why Cozia? What's just he got to do? It would just be the cherry on the top. You know, a bunch, a bunch of a bunch of uh, men of the high sea and, uh, and then Cozia. Cozia. He would kind of Cypress Showdown in his kind of event. He picks off the sort of the low-hanging fruit ones. All right, so that's your uh, coffee golf for the week. Continuing with your schedule for the week. On the Champions Tour, the season ender, the Charles Schwab Cup Championship at Phoenix Country Club. Uh, it's the, you know, a culminating season-ending event at Phoenix where they got the trophy of Scott McCarron, as you've mentioned, in the bar watching you know, as he claims his first Schwab Cup. You know, this field is not bad. You got Ernie Els going for it, number one, going for a Schwab Cup. You got Jim Furyk. You got Mike Weir firing wounded ducks into the desert sky. Uh, KJ Choi, Tom Lehman, Fred Couples, Monty, Goosen, Loner. I mean, there's some good names in this field. You know who's playing? Who's playing? Hale Irwin. Is playing the Schwab Cup Championship. That's it's, awesome. It's his 15th start, his first here since 2011. Nine years. It's kind of cool that him be playing. Fascinating to see what he does. So, um, I I saw Ernie was talking about his like real full like maiden season on the uh, the, the senior tour. And he goes, I really feel like a rookie again at 51. He goes, I turned 51, and I'm going to places I've never been in this country. So it's like the whole different scene of like Monty going to the local 7-Eleven, picking up Mountain Dew and these, you know, smaller markets or different cities that were, you know, Ernie's one of the most well-traveled golfers in the history of the world, history of the game. And he's he's like, I've got to play more practice rounds because I'm not familiar with these courses. It's like, I really do feel like a rookie again. So I thought that was an interesting, I'm trying to think of some markets where Ernie was sort of a fish out of water, but uh, South Dakota. You know, Regions tradition, maybe Prestonwood and Cary, North Carolina, just different stuff that's not on the the tour that he's played for many many years. So where's the dump in the box? That's at uh, that's in Tempe, right? Yeah, he probably played that when it was the old Conquistadors classic. How about how about how Phoenix gets such Tempe and Phoenix, the same metro area, is just a a hotbed for for Champions Tour senior. Yeah, (laughs) two events in a year. How many I mean, are down in South sense. Florida? There's a bunch of South There's Florida. There's a bunch. Too. They got the old <laughs> course. There's the one that Gary Nicholas plays at, uh, I think it's also maybe Boca Raton. It might the Boca Championship, something like that. So We're getting into yeah. Gary Nicholas season here. Why? Because shoveling? Yeah. <laughs> that is the most niche reference. I mean, if you've been listening the whole time. And you understand that shoveling season is Gary Nicholas season. Then thank you for staying with us over the last two or three years. Okay. You have an event of the week? Event of the week's the Houston Open. Okay. 
I'm going to be watching that Kyle Hogan, by the way. Got the sponsor's exemption. Who wasn't even on the Texas Tech starting five. Got his exemption. Went in the Merida. That'll be interesting. Dowie Vanderwalt, also in the field on a sponsor's exemption. <laughs> Web Tour Hall of Famer. Is he, bring, is he bringing in the, the eyeballs? I don't know why. He, I don't know. Probably, he might have gone to Houston. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, news. U.S. Women's Open adds 10 more players, including Stacey Lewis, Texas native. So she'll be there in Houston. They, these 10 players were just off of the current LPGA money list. So it's all professionals and names you mostly know. Stacey Lewis, though, was the headliner of that latest round. Bryson is the DraftKings boy. The thick boy is now uh, Mr. Gambling. He's, uh, you know... Apparently, he's going to have DraftKings on his bag or his hat or somewhere to go along with all his many other brands that he's quick to thank, you know, like a NASCAR driver. Thank DraftKings. Right away. DraftKings got me across the finish line. Uh, I guess part of it is like. Do you think he's going to have a sign up bonus that he's going to pipe out? (laughs) Do you remember those commercials that made you just hate watching NFL Sunday? The guys in the Patriots jerseys yelling in the bar. Every commercial break. DraftKings or FanDuel. That the, the backlash. There was actual backlash because there were too many effing commercials. What's the Bryson sign-up bonus? You, you get you get shakes. Yeah, you get shakes with your sign-up. <laughs> apparently, or, or like, game shakes. Apparently, as part of the activation, you could play around with him or receive golf lessons from quote the big hitting pro. Imagine getting a lesson from Bryson. He's just screaming at you to faster, faster. I feel like that faster. would be one of the, he might be the guy that I would least want a golf lesson from on PGA tour. That's a good question. <laughs> who would you most want a lesson from on the PGA tour? And least, who do you think would be the best teacher? That's a great question that I don't feel prepared to adequately answer. I need to think about that more. Do you think Spieth would, because he can empathize? Oh God. That's terrible. Come on. I feel like Rory is quite knowledgeable and, and articulate. I know. God, that's good. That's Rory's. good. You can, you can get it on golf pass. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. I guess I could already get that if I signed up. I, I just feel like he talks about it in a somewhat understandable way for the, the novice average person. This is not a golf pass ad at all. <laughs> I was just thinking about when I had to listen to him talk about the swing. Um, who would you choose? Maybe Westy. Oh, God, come on. You see, he's doing Instagram videos with hashtag Westy's wisdom. Yeah. I'd, I want not... all kinds of Westy's wisdom. I I like... think he needs to take Westy's wisdom off the course. That's where I want more of Westy's right. wisdom. I Is think a third I... glass of rosé okay? Absolutely. <laughs> Westy's wisdom. I commented on one of his Westy wisdom oh, no, posts you... that no, I would like off-course Westy wisdom. <laughs> like, what? what's the best appetizer to order before a steak dinner? You know, Westy's wisdom. That's good. What's a good That's... wine pairing for date night? Westy's yep. wisdom. That's good. I think you're. I, I think you're onto something. He would be someone that I would like to emulate my off course life after. To be quite honest, with you. I think he just um, would be a good teacher too. You know, I think he, he yes hits the ball really well. He, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't listen to his putting advice. He actually might be a good putt, <laughs> but like those who can't do, teach right well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's point, the case maybe. for Spieth. You know, he can't hit the ball right now. He's probably a good teacher. Yeah, feels like he would tie up in knots, get your mind going in a hundred different directions. If, uh, just a guess. Worst, um, worst outside of Bryson. Bryson is up there for worst. God, that would be terrible. He wouldn't um, understand anything. No, he would just start throwing terminal velocity, and it might be right. It might be a bunch of bunk, but he'd use a bunch of big words just to confuse you and not teach you, and it would not. Yeah, not relatable at all. What about, um, what about Sabo? Well, you have an opportunity to win one if you're some sort of DraftKings deck. Sabo would be bad, right? He'd be a horrible. He'd have no patience for Yeah. Yeah. So you suck. You're beyond help. You know, you're hopeless. He'd walk off the range like he walked to the next T.S. Uh, Sean O'Hare. <laughs> Just abandon you. 
That's true. That's true. What do you think about uh, Reed? Do you think he'd be a good teacher? I actually think he might not be bad. He might not be bad. If you get it, you know. Yeah. I, I Do you think he'd be bad? I think he'd be really... I think there's a relatability with him, or he, I think he can talk knowledgeably and in, in, in a way that's understandable. Talk about how he adjusted his helicopter finish and things like that. So I, I don't know. Would you think he'd be good? I don't know. You'd be on Team Reed. That's true. You'd have to probably a, a, adopt some positions you might not otherwise <laughs> would want to. But you know, you've been <laughs> drafted into Team Reed. You say the wrong thing, and the the partnership would implode yeah you're banished from the family uh okay anything else you had uh, i I also on news uh you had kramer hickok in here what's going on with kramer hickok goes you hear about kramer hickok no i haven't heard about kramer hickok what's going on with him so i saw this adam shupak article from last week kramer hickok says he's experimenting with a 48 inch degree a 48 inch driver and he says it's like swinging a sledgehammer (laughs) <laughs> that's what you want that's that's exactly that's the way we should all be he going. said he picked Sw- up eight eight miles an hour of ball speed but he he's having trouble controlling it <laughs> oh really <laughs> stunner i mean is this just is the tour just become this like hammer x hammer or hammer x ad where these guys are just like launching these 50 inch drivers and screaming and coming out of literally coming out of their shoes on the follow through. The best thing's going to be that the, the regular golfers going to adopt it and, and yeah. everybody's just going to get worse. There's going to be guys screaming and grunting off the tee box all over the Muni, the local Muni, the balls flying two and three fairways over. Is that where you think this is all going? 48 inch drivers. I thought the trend a couple of years ago was selling shorter shafted drivers to, to the, at least to, well, the pros are doing it too, but that's yeah. quick. Some of them, some of that's quickly changed, I guess, in pursuit of pursuit of speed, swinging a sledgehammer. That's the quote. That's what you want. All right. Anything else? That's it. Hope everybody All right. enjoys their election night and uh enjoys i don't know if that's the verb you'd want to use for everybody involved but you know get through election night i just uh, hope every yeah everybody gets through it and uh yep we'll see you on the other side yeah we'll we'll check in with you friday might just do a spotlight friday we got got some good good stuff in the works for next week for the masters but uh everyone enjoy your wednesdays if you can and uh we'll check in with you on friday 